My name is Craig, uh, and I'm thrilled to be here to get to talk to you, to be a part of this series, uh, Asking for a Friend. Um, just a really brilliant series to talk about. Uh, you know, for all of us, there are just those things, those questions that we really have in our minds that like we want to ask, but like you really can't ask that out loud, you feel like. Um, you know, you, you have those questions, maybe even doubts, but you're like, well, that really isn't very spiritual or very Christian, so I probably should just keep that inside me uh, until you realize, hey, you know what I can do? I can make up a, a mythical friend that I now have. And like, hey, uh, so, you know, I would never say this out loud, but my friend wants to know things like, right, why are people or maybe Christians so cynical? Uh, or another one of the series was, uh, I mean, how can I forgive myself? And not me, because I'm a good Christian, I would never do anything like that. But you know, for my friend, right? How could my friend ever learn to forgive themselves? Uh, and so we do, we have, we have questions, right? We have these things that, that maybe we want to say, but they just don't sound spiritual. So I'm just asking for a friend who's much less spiritual than me, of course, right? So asking for a friend. And this morning, our question uh, is going to be about prayer, about prayer. Um, I think this is a question that, uh, that you'll hear an eight-year-old ask and you'll hear an 80-year-old ask. It goes something like this. Look, uh, you know, definitely not me, but um, I know prayer, of course, is one of like the most fundamental important practices that any Christian can do. So of course, I pray a ton uh, at being a good, faithful Christian and all. And I don't ever doubt that it's useful or that it's, you know, maybe pointless at all. But um, I do have this friend who asked me this. So, like, if God knows everything, why do I pray? I mean, like, if uh, a sense, not if, since God is all-knowing, my friend obviously believes, then also, what's the point in praying? I mean, it's like, uh, God, I pray that we'll have some nice weather today, but he already knows, right? He knows it's going to be way too hot because it's Kansas in the summer. You're like, um, I mean, let, let's think back and replay some of our prayers, right? Uh, so, uh, God, I pray for Bill. Uh, he's sick. He's in the hospital now, like in case you hadn't noticed. You probably did, though. Um, and also, like, I could use some help because I got in a wreck this week, which you know, you saw, and my bank account's pretty empty, which you also know, and also my kids are acting up, which you definitely know, because if I, my neighbors can hear them yelling, then I'm sure you can, um, and so God, just like in conclusion to this prayer, you already knew everything that I just said, because you know everything there is to know in the past, in the present, in the future, and you even know the hidden sins that I didn't say, and the things that I didn't pray, but I should have prayed, and so uh, cool, good talk, God, glad I filled you in on all that stuff that you already knew. Amen to that. How about that for a prayer? You ever been there? You ever ask yourself this question? So, right, I mean, I believe in this all-knowing God. What's the point in prayer? I mean, occasionally, doesn't it feel like a waste of time? Like, look, I don't go to Google and, like, tell Google what the answer to my searches are. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Like, why am I going to God and telling him things as if he didn't already know? But I'm asking for a friend, of course. Right. Not, not me, never. And so if I'm honest, then like my friend has really slacked on the whole praying often thing because just doesn't really see the purpose. But I'm sure I'm wrong about this, right? Because prayer is such a spiritual Christian thing to do. So you know what? Let's just go 
straight to the top. Let's go straight to Jesus and see what he has to say. I'm sure he's going to answer this for us immediately. Okay, so in Matthew 6, Sermon on the Mount, red letters and all, clearly Jesus talking, he says this, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Hmm. Yeah, so your father knows what you need before you ask him. So maybe Jesus is on my friend's side, right? Clearly, even Jesus says it. Yeah, God already knows everything you need before you even say it. So why say it? I mean, even Jesus seems to be agreeing here. So even Jesus says prayer is pointless. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, all right, feel really good about this now, this whole praying thing. Maybe that should actually make us pause, though. Because if Jesus himself just readily and outwardly admits and says, hey, yeah, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then you realize the next four words are Jesus saying, then pray like this. And then Jesus tells us how to pray. Then maybe there is something more to this. Right? Maybe in a way our friend can be right. Clearly, God really does know everything we need before we pray. Even Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is saying, yeah, God knows what you need before you even say it. And even when you don't say it, and even what you don't say, God knows those needs too. And yet immediately then goes on and says, but pray anyway and pray like this and instructs us and shows us how to pray. So maybe the issue with prayer isn't whether or not God knows what I'm about to tell him or pray about. Maybe we're looking at the whole prayer thing the wrong way. I mean, think about the assumption here. If I say, well, because God knows what I'm going to say, then there's no point in praying. Well, then my underlying thought is the purpose of prayer is what? Well, the purpose of prayer is to tell God things. And since he already knows the things, then there's no point in saying the things, and so there's no point in praying. Right? The assumption here says, well, the point of prayer must be to inform God on what's going on in my life or in my heart or in my mind. So the point of prayer really is information, right? I'm going to inform God, but because God is much better informed than I can ever be, then why am I doing it? But maybe there's our problem, because what if, what if prayer isn't about information? Right? What if it's not to inform God? What if prayer isn't for information? What if prayer is about relationship? Right? If prayer isn't for, re- for information, but rather is for relationship, then suddenly we can immediately start to see a couple changes, right? So prayer at its heart isn't just about telling things to God, which he already knows, but rather the purpose in prayer is for us to relate to the God who loves us. The purpose of prayer isn't in saying things to God as if he doesn't know them unless we speak them out loud, but rather the purpose of prayer is to build that relationship with him. We could put it another way. What if prayer isn't for God's sake, what if it's for ours? Prayer isn't for God's sake, it's for ours. See, when I have in my mind, well, there's no purpose in telling God because he already knows, it's like I'm thinking that I believe that prayer was for me to tell God things. It was for his sake. Hey, God, just letting you know, feel like I should inform you that my kid is being terrible. (laughs) Um, If that's what we think prayer is about, then it's no wonder it feels useless. But if instead... It's not for God's sake, but for our sake to help us relate to and build a bridge to 
the God who loves us. And suddenly maybe prayer takes on a whole new dimension. Now, prayer isn't just about saying things for the sake of information. It's about relating and connecting with God. And this probably gets a little bit clearer and more obvious the longer we think about this. Uh, If the whole Christian life, we believe, is built around the idea of a relationship with God, then we just have to think about for ourselves, what's the important thing in any relationship? And the answer is obviously communication, right? It's, It's talking. I mean, if you can't talk and communicate to somebody, you don't have a real relationship with them. Yeah, I have a great relationship with my neighbors. Really cool. What are they like? I don't know. You know, I've never talked to them. By great relationship, you mean, oh, I don't dump my trash in his yard. And occasionally when he mows, he mows a little bit onto my side of the yard. So that's a great relationship. You're like, I don't think you know what a relationship is, right? So for a relationship to be a relationship, there's got to be communication. There's got to be talking. There has to be actual relating to one another through speaking. So if the whole Christian life is about having a relationship with God, then now we understand prayer is our aspect of relating and talking and communicating. Then we realize, oh, so prayer isn't about informing him of things. It's about speaking our hearts to God. Let me use another example. Uh, An example that goes like this. So I'm probably going to get, to be honest, I'm probably going to get some husbands in trouble right now uh, and maybe some friends as well. Uh, It's like this. What's the difference between a conversation that's about information versus a conversation that's about relationship? Great example. Husband gets home from work and the wife says, hey, how was your day? And the person responds, well, I woke up at 7 a.m. and at 7.15 I had my coffee. At 7.45 I left for work. There was a bit of traffic, but I still got there by 8, which was good. I did four hours of paperwork. At 12 I had my lunch, which as you know consisted of a ham sandwich, chips, and a Coke. I then worked from 12.30 to 2.45 and then it was Betty's birthday, so we had cake from 2.45 to 3 and then I did the rest of my paperwork until 5 and now I'm home. And uh, in an exasperated tone, your friend, your roommate, somebody looks at you and is like, yeah. So let's go back to the question. The question wasn't what was your day, but how was your day, right? I was looking for some idea of how did it go? How do you feel about it, right? There's a, there's a huge difference between communicating for information and telling what versus relationship and forging connections, Uh, Yeah, I definitely saw at least two or three um, wives uh, smile and glare at their husbands, maybe just a little bit there. Apologies, right? Because now some of you who are like, look, I already wasn't good about talking about my feelings, and now you're saying I have to do this with God and my wife. Great, that's two. Um, But wouldn't this change? I mean, wouldn't this change how you think about what you're doing in your prayer times? If you said, okay, it's not just about informing and telling about what's happened, but rather about relating and connecting. Right? This isn't, right, for God's sake, me telling him things so that he knows. It's for my sake so that I am approaching the Father who loves me and speaking to him. Maybe this would change the way we pray. So if the goal then is relationship, right, and if it's for our sake and not God's, then we have to ask, right, what does prayer do for us? What, is the, what are some of the points then and purposes of prayer? How can it help us to relate? How can it help us to connect? How can this help us for our sake to actually enter into a closer relationship in relating to God himself? 
Right, so uh, I'm going to throw three things at you somewhat quickly. All right, what does prayer do for us? And the way I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to talk about this based on the following passage from Jesus, right? This is in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is saying, hey, don't pray like this, pray like this. And here it is, it's the Lord's Prayer, right? And I'm guessing the vast majority of us right now could go ahead and do that whole thing, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? And we would speak it out loud together and that'd be awesome until we got to the debts or trespasses part and then we'd be like tentatively not saying the word until somebody else said the word next, but, right? So like we've been there with the Lord's Prayer, right? But Jesus says, so then pray like this, like this. So Jesus himself is saying, hey, maybe this is sort of an idea on how your prayers should go. So what are some of the things, what are some of the ideas that Christ has for us here in how we should pray and in what it would do for us? Well, let's look at where he begins, right? He begins here in Matthew 6, 9. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So this is where Jesus himself begins. Where does Jesus begin then? He begins with praising God. Maybe the first aspect of prayer needs to be praising God because what praising God does for us is praising God leads us to a couple things. Praising God leads us to humility and praising God leads us to worship, right? So praise of God leads us to humility and to worship. Notice where he begins, our father. Well, he starts there, our father. It's a stunning word for the people to hear at the time, our father, Calling God Father, is there any more obvious way to relate? That this is an actual relationship, right? Not some all-powerful spiritual being who's really distant from us, who we don't really know much about, but who drives the world forward. No, this is our Father, right? And a, a relatable word, our Father. But then we get the distinguishers, who's in heaven, not earth, right? The aspect here that he begins with is just praise. Hey, our Father who's in heaven. It's a way of saying, God, you're there and I'm here, and you're there for a reason, because you are God and I'm not. So our Father in heaven, and then hallowed be thy name. Hallowed, right? That great word that we use all the time. Um, or as your kid thinks, herald be thy name. Uh, <laughs> our Father in heaven, hallowed, holy, right? The word just means holy. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Holy just means set apart. Look, God, Father, your name, your name being to stand for your essence, your being, who you are, your very person is so set apart and so different from us that you are unique. You are one of a kind. You are above and beyond anything here. So Jesus himself says, hey, when you pray, start here. Start with praising God because you notice then how praising God leads us to humility and worship. It begins with humility, right? When I say, God, you're God and I'm not. Holy is your name, not my name. You're the father who's in heaven, right? I'm the child on earth. There's a great humility here. Then there's also worship, right? Actual worship that says you're the father and you are unlike any other. So we begin with praising God, which leads us to humility and worship. And what does this do for us, right? It, it changes our heart to say, yes, we recognize you're God and we're not. And we're here to adore and worship you. So that's where Jesus begins. Step two, right? After praising God, Jesus moves to requests. He moves to making requests. So what does making requests do for us? When we make requests of God, once again, it leads us to humility, but it also leads us to dependence and to peace of mind. Right? Making your requests to God leads us to humility, but also to dependence 
and to peace of mind. Let's look at this in the Lord's Prayer, right? And then we'll look at it in two other passages. Uh, the next words here, Matthew 6, 10 and 11, right? where he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are actually requests, right? It's not just a statement. It's actually, an, it, it's, it's Jesus saying, we need to ask for this. God, I ask, let your kingdom come. Let it come. Let it be here. Come, Lord Jesus, come, please. It's request number one. Request number two is, and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Let your will be done in me, through me, and around me. Right? Your will to live well and to love well. Right? Let that be my life. And then the most basic of requests that we can think of, and give us today just our daily bread. Right? Give us our daily, just give us the things that we need. So Jesus here tells us, look, it's fine to make our requests to God. It's not like the spiritual prayers mean, well, we can't ask God for things. No, God tells us, ask me for things. Because think about what it does when we make these requests. There's humility and dependency here, right? Dependency here that says, God, I need your help just to survive another day, right? Give us today our daily bread. It says, God, you're God and in charge of when your kingdom comes, and I hope you send it, right? You are the one whose will needs to be done on this earth, not my own. There's humility, right? Give us what we need. There's dependence. Notice there's a difference here between the information and the relationship, because I can still inform God. Hey, God, I'm a little low on rent money this, this month. Right? It'd be great if you'd help me out. And I can inform God of that like I would inform my bank teller hey, I need another $500 to pay my rent. But there's a difference between stating these needs as information, God, I need this, and stating them in a relationship because the relationship says, God, I need, and I'm asking you because I believe that you're the one who can fulfill my needs. God, I'm making my request right to you because I am recognizing outwardly that I, therefore, am not in control of all these situations. There's humility. Right? The reason we make requests to God isn't just to get them fulfilled. It's because it puts us in the mindset where we should be of humility, independency, and then also peace of mind. Look at these two passages in the epistles. Uh, there's a verse in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, right? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Right? So here's Paul saying, hey, let your request be made known. You can make requests to God. And why? What does it do? Well, he's saying, if you want to deal with less anxiety in your life, you speak those things to God. Right? In a relationship, not in an information way. Right? You relate to God and say, God, I realize I'm being anxious and worried about this because ultimately I think this is really in my control, but I'm going to turn these things over to you and relating to you and realize you are God and I'm not. And therefore, here it is. Here are my anxieties. I'm presenting my requests before you because I'm going to depend on you. And look where Paul heads then. And as a result of that, what can come? And the peace of God, which transcends, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Or 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, Peter gives us a very similar passage. He says, humble yourselves. Notice the very act of prayer is humbling. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Why? So that at the proper time he may exalt you. And how do we do this? By casting all your anxieties on him. Right? All those things you're anxious about, throw them at God's feet. Why? Because he cares for you. 
What a beautiful final statement to that. So now you see what happens when we come and present our request before God. We're relating to him. We're saying, God, I'm saying these things to you and I'm turning these things over to you, right? Which leads us to humility, right? You're God and I'm not. You're in control and I'm not. And it leads us to dependence. I'm going to trust that you're going to take care of me and it leads us to peace of mind. Because now we realize these anxieties, you know, when they've been spoken before the very God of the universe, maybe we don't need to be so worried. So that's part two of the Lord's Prayer here. Part three gets into confession. Right, now Jesus turns to confession. So part one was praising God. Part two, making a request. Part three is confession. Why is confession so important for us? So we can tell God about the sins we've committed as if he doesn't know. Right, so we can tell him those thoughts that we had or maybe still try to hide the thoughts that we had even though we know he knows our thoughts. Right, clearly confession again isn't about informing God and telling him what we've done wrong. Confession leads to humility. See a pattern, right? Confession leads to humility again, but it also leads to life change. Confession leads to humility, but it also leads to life change. Let's look at the verses right here as Jesus gets into, and forgive us our debts, trespasses, as we also have forgiven our debtors or those who trespass against us, right? Forgive us and asking for forgiveness, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's a way to say, hey, and just keep me far from temptation, because I know if I'm close to it, probably going to screw up. But confession, and when we confess specific sins, we are far more likely, far more likely to actually repent and change our lives. Here's an example of this. Uh, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, two little girls, um, and sometimes uh, they'll be playing off in a room on their own. And then inevitably you hear like the loud bang or you just hear the loud crying, right? One of them just starts weeping and wailing. And so, uh, you know, this happened uh, last week. Um, my one-year-old is clearly yelling and crying from the other room. And my four-year-old comes in, Jenny, what'd you do? Did, did, did something happen? Did you do something? Because let's be honest, it's always her. Um, did you do something, right? What did you do to yourself? I didn't do anything. Did you do anything wrong? No. Can you tell me why Iris is crying? Iris is crying because I took the doll out of her hand and hit her with it. Okay. Do you think you did something wrong? And usually the amazing thing is, once she's spoken those words out loud, you know what happens? She usually turns around, goes back in the room, gives Iris a little kiss on the head, says, I'm sorry, maybe too aggressively, right, and shoves the doll back in her hands. <laughs> right. But it's amazing what happens when we actually speak our sins out loud before the Lord, when we actually have to hear them stated, when we actually recognize, yeah, Lord, this really was my bad, far more likely to actually change that pattern of behavior, as opposed to simply a, oh, yes, and Lord, forgive me of all the sins that I have ever done, and we're moving on with our day. Again, information versus relationship. Relating to God says, God, I've sinned, and I've sinned against you, and I recognize that, and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like how that made me feel. I don't like the, the, the barrier that put up between us, right? Confession leads us to humility and to life change. So this, this now changes the way we pray, doesn't it? If it's not about informing but relating, then suddenly we realize the reason we say, God, you are great, is not because he doesn't know it. We do it because we need to state it. We do it because we need to relate to him in that way. And so... We pray and we begin with praising God and we make our requests and we confess. 
And when we do this, surely then our prayer life will change. Suddenly it becomes about having deep communion and connection with God rather than shallow statements. So how then? Right? So if this is true and we want this, and the question just becomes how. How do we get there? How do we get to that point where, because we've all heard a bunch of sermons on prayer. Right? I mean, there's prayer. We talk about it all the time. But how do we get to a point where a year from now, we're not asking for a friend, right? What's the point of prayer? How do we get to the point where we can actually change our minds to realize that this is about relationship and not information? Let's talk about a couple ways, right? Number one, the next time you pray, and I hope it's this afternoon or this evening, or it's actually going to be in about three minutes. Um, I hope the next time you pray, you start with, God, help this prayer be about relating to you and me opening up to you rather than just me telling you random things. Just begin out loud with that statement, God, I am here not to inform you of things, but to relate to you and connect with you. That's why I'm here to talk. Begin there. Number two, have a structure, not a script. Right? Prayer is awesome. Have a structure, not a script. I mean, what we just talked about with the Lord's Prayer, right? That's a structure. Begin with praising God and then make your request known and then do some confessing. As opposed to having a script, right? You know the script. You have your own right? It goes something like this. God, thanks for the day. Thanks that I had a good day at work. Thanks for the food I'm about to eat. I pray that you'll give me a good night. I pray that my children won't fight me for 30 minutes before bed, but only five minutes. And then give me some sleep so I can wake up tomorrow and do it all over again and say the same prayer tomorrow night again as well, right? That's a script. Where's the relating there? Where's the connecting, right? Rather have a structure, I mean, think about if each time you prayed, you took the structure that, that Jesus just showed us and you said, hey, God, I'm going to start with praising you and I'm going to pick two or three things to be thankful for and at least one characteristic to praise you for. God, you know, I'm thankful for these two things that happened in my life and I'm also, I just want to praise you for the fact that you're faithful. Today I'm going to talk about you being faithful and how astounding that is to me who is constantly unfaithful and who has unfaithful people in my life. Thank you for always being faithful. Right? And if you started with praise, and then if you moved to requests, and in your requests, if you got specific, but not just in this transactional, God, I'm here to stick my credit card in and get the money out of the ATM, but rather like, God, I'm here to tell you my anxieties and cares and worries so that at the end of this, I'll trust you a little bit more and trust that because I've spoken them to you and told you, hey, I'm going to trust you that that will start something within me. We actually will depend on you and trust you a little more. Or maybe in your time of requests, you at least spend a day or two during the week when you pray, making requests, none of which are for you. All for other people in your life who you know need it. And then you move to confession, right? And you finish, or you, you move to confession and prayer, and you say, okay, this time I'm getting specific, Lord. I'm going to pick at least one sin from the last 24 hours, and I'm going to dive into it. I'm going to think about what was happening when I did that sin and why I did it, and I'm going to make a statement that says, Lord, I'm sorry for that, and I want that to change. See the difference between a structure and a script. It both helps you know where to head, but it also frees you up to pray for whatever is on your heart because isn't that what we do in relationships when we're talking to people we care about? So have a structure, not a script. Third, just do this, right? Just try. I mean, you just got to pray. And you're like, well, I'm, the reason I'm not praying right now is because I feel distant from God. Okay, so the reason you're not praying is because you feel distant from God. Can I ask how you think you're going to get closer? <laughs> you're like, hey, I'm feeling really distant from my best friend. And it's like, hey, when was the last time you talked to him? Like a month ago? 
Okay, so what are you going to do about that? Well, I'm going to wait until I feel closer to them, and then I'll reach out. That's not how this works. That's not how relationships work, right? You don't solve feeling distant by not communicating, right? You solve feeling distant by just going for it, right? So just go for it. Just try. Just engage. Try this sort of prayer. And so that's what we're going to do right now together. And this might get a little awkward, and some of you might feel uncomfortable, but I don't care. Okay, we're going to try this. All right. We're going to try a prayer, a communal prayer, but not anything that we're going to say out loud. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. It's actually called an examen, spelled E-X-A-M-E-N. It looks like examen. Don't worry, I'm not giving you a test, right? We're past that, um, right? An examen. And what this is, is it's about 500-year-old prayer, right? Prayers that were uh, created and written by, uh, by a man of God named Ignatius. And so he wrote out some prayers. And what somebody has done recently is they've taken some of these prayers and structured them and put them in a way that we can follow. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to guide us through this. And there's going to be some times of silence. And in those times of silence, I hope you pray and follow the structure. And then don't worry, I will come back and lead us into the next step. All right. Uh, And hey, if you're in the online environment, I would encourage you to do this too, right? Put down your phone, unless you're watching on your phone, right? Uh, Stop doing chores around the house, whatever it is, uh, and sit and do this. Because there's nothing like actually practicing this to have this experience, okay? So everything I say is going to be in the first person. It's going to be I. And so as I say I, obviously, this is for you to say I. You ready for this? You're probably not, but that's okay. Let's, let's spend some time in prayer in relating and connecting to God. Let's begin. I close my eyes, quiet myself, and calm my breathing. clear my mind of distracting thoughts and remind myself that I am in the presence of God. I spend a few moments in gratitude, thanking God for one or two of the blessings, big or small, that I've received this week. The good mood I woke up in, a kind word from a friend, my undeserved good health and easy commute to work, another day with my wonderful family. I pick a couple of the blessings, big and small, and I speak my words of gratitude to the Lord now. I reflect on my relationship with God, and I simply talk to God about it. How is our relationship going? Do I feel close to or distant from God right now? Have I spent quality time with God, or have I been neglectful? Do I get a sense that God is close to me when I call on Him? Am I bored with God? When I look upon God's face, do I feel joy, gratitude, shame, fear? I reflect on my relationship with God and speak with him about it now.
now I ask God to show me his perspective on our relationship. Now I change paths and I talk to God about my relationship with other people at this moment. Lately, when I'm around others, has my disposition been grumpy, friendly, passive, affirming? Is there a relationship that has been unusually good or unusually sour lately? I speak with God about this relationship. And I ask God to show me his perspective on this relationship as well. I now talk to God about how my relationship with myself has been going lately. Do I like myself nowadays? Am I mad at myself? Tender or harsh with myself? What factors in my life have led to these attitudes and behaviors towards myself? I speak with God about this. Now I ask God to show me his perspective on my relationship with myself. Now I look over these past three reflections, my relationship with God, my relationship with others, my relationship with myself. Which of the three moments felt most powerful to me? In which, in which of these moments did I have the strongest emotional response as I reflected on the relationship? Now I revisit that one relationship, asking God either for forgiveness or giving God thanks, asking God to give me insight and help me move forward in this relationship or to reveal to me some truth about it. Now I ask God, what would you like me to do about this relationship as I move forward? What gradual shifts might I initiate or which parts of the relationship might I nurture? 
Maybe which parts do I need to let go of or even put a stop to? I ask God, what specifically can I do today and tomorrow regarding this relationship? And if appropriate, I now make a commitment to God about how I am going to proceed in the future of this relationship. And I ask God for the help to keep this commitment. I finish by asking myself if there are any last words I wish to say to the Lord. And we have spoken these things to you, O God, our Father, in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a little different, isn't it? It's a little different when you think about prayer, not just being about informing, but relating, about connecting, about really expressing yourself, who you are and where your mind, where your heart is at. Uh, if if you want to find more prayers like that, um, of course, as always in these days, there's an app for that. Uh, there's, the, there's actually a, a group who took a series of these prayers. They're called examens or examens, uh, and made an app called Reimagining, Reimagining the Examen. Looks like two little puffy clouds. Um, you can download that, and there are some 20 different or so prayers that lead you through different aspects of prayer and connecting to God. They'll lead you to speak to God about things that maybe you don't even normally think of. And in relating to God and praising God and making requests and confessing our sins before God, let's actually build that relationship instead of just informing him. Of